Good morning, church. It's so wonderful to uh, be able to come to you this morning, and it's the new year. Can you imagine that? 2022. Oh, wow. 2022. I trust that you guys have had a great uh, Christmas and uh, a wonderful new year as well. We really, you know, we had a great time on the 31st night. You know, a few of us gathered and we had a great night of worship and just praying and just ministry and all of that. So that was so wonderful. But this year, 2022, what does 2022 look like for you? You've heard some of the interviews. You know, we interviewed a few a few of them. I love Leilani uh, when she said about uh, this BTS. And I was wondering what in the world was BTS, you know. And uh, it's this whole... It's this whole K-pop, it's this whole Korean pop, and that's, that's catching the world by storm. And uh, something else has been certainly catching the world, isn't it, which, which is this whole pandemic. And, and I'm sure so many of us are so tired of even, even, even saying that, you know, in itself. But we want this year for something else to really begin to capture our hearts. What is it that is capturing our hearts this year? Um, how do you guys like Laurel and Hardy this morning uh, chairing our service today? <laughs> wasn't that, wasn't that uh, really fun as well? So I want to thank Lauren and Shami as well for uh, chairing the service. This is their very first time that they're doing it. So guys, let's give them a hand, you know, and uh, let's continue to encourage that. Let's continue to encourage that. Now, our theme this year that as I've been um, spending time and just uh, before the Lord and just asking Him, Lord, what is it that, uh, what's the theme for 2022 for uh, for us? And as you know, over the years, um, back in August or September, I feel the Lord will just release uh, this theme as well. And and it happened this year as well, sometime between September, I think when I took my, when I was, uh, when I took my break, right, I felt the Lord really uh, lay this uh, this theme for us for 2022, and it's abide in Christ. In fact, it was just the word abide, and he led me to that passage of scripture in John chapter 15. And coming out of our theme of 2021, where it's revel and reveal, where you know that as we begin to revel in the Lord, that he begins to reveal, and as he reveals things, we continue to revel in the Lord. So that whole cycle uh, begins to happen, and what better way for us to continue with that? So the way we continue in His revelation, the way we continue to, to revel in Him is to remain in Jesus. And hence, I believe now I can understand why the Lord said, okay, 2022 is going to be about abiding. How do we abide through all of the craziness that has happened and through all of the uncertainty that may be looming before us? Where do we need to park ourselves, church? Where do we need to park each and every one of us? Where do we need to park ourselves, right? Now, the Gospel of John offers us some extremely valuable lessons about Jesus and what He would like for us to actually really consider in order to become followers of Christ. So it's uh, going through the Gospel of John, I think, is... Um, every year we should do that. You know, a couple of times through the year. It's just a, an amazing book. Chapter 1 identifies that Jesus as the light of the world and the Word made flesh. Then in chapter 3, it contains something where evangelicals, you know, it's, it's an all-time favorite for evangelicals. And it's that verse, John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world, right? Chapter 4 is Jesus' conversation with the woman at the well. And then in, in John chapter 10, 
uh, it's about the great shepherd. And in John chapter 13, it's this whole servant leadership that Jesus begins to exemplify when he washes his disciples' feet. You know, however, I think all of these have been somewhat passed by in favor of John chapter 15, which is the text for 2022. And, and, and it's a pivotal uh, passage of scripture for us to abide in Christ. While you must be born again, right, which is the message of John chapter 3. And it has great importance for people, for all of us who need salvation, right? But, but chapter 5 is a message for people who are already identified as Jesus' disciples or who are Christ followers. And that's you and I, right? And evangelist Bruce uh, Wilkerson who is the author of uh, this famous book, The Prayer of Jabez. He's popularized in, in his chapter, in, this little, in, in his little book called Secrets of the Vine. In it, he emphasizes the part about the fruits and divides Christians according to whether they have no fruit, some fruit, much fruit, or... or, or or a whole lot more fruit. I think, oh, it says more fruit or much fruit. Let me repeat that. So he divides them into no fruit, some fruit, more fruit. That's correct. More fruit or much fruit. Or you might say much more fruit. However, for me, there's, there's little reason to become focused on the product, right? Without first giving attention to the process. So let me repeat that, that our focus should not be on the product as opposed to giving attention to the process. So in other words, if we simply do what Jesus teaches us to do, the least of our problems will be the amount of fruit. In other words, our focus should really be on the abiding aspect rather than on seeing what's the fruit going to look like. Because when there is the whole sense of abiding, when abiding takes place in, in our lives and when we begin to abide in Christ as such... in the, in the way he demands for us to do so, which this passage really, really um, highlights, we begin to realize that the fruit will be just that natural, that natural product. The, uh, sorry, the natural byproduct. So let's, let's delve into John chapter 15 this morning. Let me read verses 1 right through 8. And I'm reading this out of the uh, NKJV version, the New King James Version. Huh? I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and, and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And in verse 8, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You know, um, we've, we've, uh, ever since we've moved to our new place, we've, we've planted so many plants. I think over 200 plants we've planted, really. And in, in particular, there are, there are I, I believe, three or if not four, um, what do you call that? Um, uh, it's, it's called Princess... Um, Oh gosh, I, I I can't I can't remember the name of that uh, of that of that tree, but um, it has these white flowers and it really smells really really nice. It just slipped my mind at the moment. And anyway, if you remember, not too long ago we had this gust of wind that came and we we hadn't had um, these stakes that we had put to tie these trees to, and so it kind of blew it back and forth. You know, it went back and forth, and we thought that, oh, gosh, probably, you know, it'll still do good, but one of it actually really broke at the stem. And so my wife, you know, she learned that, oh, you can tape it and so on and so forth, and so we tried that. But because it was broken, it didn't seem to be, to be it's, it didn't seem to be well-connected, I suppose, to the branch in itself, and... And so over time, we've begun to see that it's just started to dry up and dry up and dry up. Where else? The other three, magnolias, yes, that's what it is, princess magnolias. So the other three magnolia trees, they are doing really well, except for this, because it has been severed, right? And here we find that in John chapter 15, it says that, that when, when, when we are severed, and sometimes as we go through life, you know, what, what did 2021 do to you and I, Right? Did it sever us from God or did it actually bring us into a place where we feel that we've been abiding in Him, where we feel we're so much more connected, right? So coming out of 2021, the way 2022 is going to look for us is, 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 going to be, is largely going to be based on our commitment to abiding in Christ. And friends, with the way things are, if we don't come into an environment where we make this a priority, where we begin, Lord, this is what it's going to be for me. I am going to continue to abide, not just, not just once or twice a week or three times a week, but every day. And friends, I want to say this. Every day, you and I need to abide. Every day, we need to remain connected with Him. Hallelujah. So first, it is only logical to assume that if Jesus speaks such a strong message about remaining. So abiding, another word for abiding is remaining. So if I remain in you, if you remain, if my words remain in you, and if I remain in, in uh, if, if my words remain in you, and if you remain in me, it says in further, uh, uh, further passages, it says this, that you, sh- you can ask anything and it shall be done for you. Amen. So here he's saying, he's repeating this so many times. There must indeed be a real danger that as his disciples, as his followers, we might actually fall away. There may be the possibility of us falling away or being lost in our whole journey, in our whole Christian journey in itself, right? So the message is very clear that we have a responsibility to exercise our wills both to accept Christ as our atoning sacrifice, and 
to also decide to continue in our walk with Him. So, you know, accepting Christ often is the easier part. It is this whole aspect of remaining in Him, being faithful, being individuals of integrity, maintaining our commitment before Him through all of the difficulties, through all of the challenges, right? Through all of the winds that come, you know, the gust of wind that comes that tries to really destroy us. So what Jesus says in John chapter 15 can, can, can be wrapped up in the simple two-syllable word. And it is this, meno, M-E-N-O, which is in the Greek, and remain or abide, which is in English, right? So what does it mean simply to, simply to remain or to stay? Um, remain in the ship in Acts chapter 27, verse 31. Continue, continue in what you have learned in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. So these are similar words. These words are also found in Acts 27. It's also found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 as well. Now notice in this particular passage of, of Scripture, and it says, right, in John chapter 15, verse 7 through 10, right? If you turn to John chapter 15, verse 7 through 10, let me read this to you. The word remain occurs 11 times, right? The word remain or abide occurs 11 times. So I'm, I'm going to be reading out of the NLT for this, uh, for this passage of Scripture here from John chapter 15, verse 7 through 10. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. The branch must remain in the vine the branch must remain in the vine. You cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. Right? Eleven times in these three passages of, uh, of Scripture, from John chapter 15, verse 7, right through 10, remain in me and I will remain in you. The branch must remain in the vine. You cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given, it'll be given you. Remain in my love. And if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in His love. I mean, it is, it is pretty much self-explanatory as you read that verse, the importance of remaining and the outcome of, of us remaining in Christ. So, within the Gospel of John, Mino is, in the Greek, is one of John's favorite words, appearing at least 34 times throughout the Gospel of John. 
So the word is used to denote, so the word remain or abide is used to denote inward, enduring, personal communion. I'm going to repeat that. It is used to denote inward, enduring, personal communion. Now, in the King James Version, the word meno is translated in many ways. It's translated as abide, as remain, to tarry, to dwell, to continue, endure, present. Right? Are you present? He tells the disciples, wait here, stay here rather. So tarry. Can you tarry with me an hour? Can you tarry with me, remain? Right? When John the Baptist described what happened when Jesus was baptized, he said this in John chapter 1, verse 32 and 33. He said that the Spirit abode upon him. In fact, this is what it says. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And you'll find that only in the King James Version, the word abode is used there. And in verse 33, it says, And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. Right? The disciples used this word when they wanted to know where Jesus lived. In, in chapter 1, verse 38 and 39, they use that same word, meno. And in verse 37 to 38, it says, The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned around, and when he saw them following him, spoke to them. What do you want, he said, Master? Where are you staying, they replied. Come and see, returned Jesus. So they went and saw where he was staying and remained with him the rest of the day. The people of a Samaritan village used the word when they wanted Jesus to stay with them longer. In John chapter 4, verse 40, right? The Samaritan woman. It says here in verse 40, it says, So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. So there was something about his presence. There was something about him that, that when he stayed with them, it made a major difference to their lives. So do you see the importance that John is trying to bring across in this gospel? And hence, that's why I suppose he uses this word mino about 34 times right throughout the gospel that the essence of remaining with him and him remaining with us has a prolific impact on our lives, has something that without that, we would never know what we are really missing. You know, what, what we're really missing, we will never ever know what it is, right? Now, some disciples turned away from following Jesus because he said, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. This was a difficult thing for them to hear in John chapter 6, verse 56, right? Now, drawing a parallel between his death and a seed, Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth or remains alone. So except a corn of wheat fall, fall into the ground and die, it remains alone. So once it dies, 
something something I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't use the word drastic but something uh, something exponential begins to take place right when a when a single seed dies in the ground because it bears fruit and there's so much more that comes out of just the single seed dying in the ground so as we return to John chapter 14 notice I want us to notice this morning the relationship between this idea of remaining or abiding and several very, very important words and ideas, right? So there are five that I wish to share this morning. And the first is this, that Jesus said, you are clean through the word in verse 3. But later clarifies that this requires that his word remain in them. So the way we are clean is to ensure that his word begins to remain. So his word is like this, 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 this antivirus um, system that is deep within in, inside of it that when there's a virus attack, the antivirus from within, which is his word, begins to just clean things up, right? And when we compare this with John chapter 6, we understand that these were not only words spoken by Christ, but words believed by the disciples as well, right? The connection with chapter 6 is that there too, I mean, is, 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 is that Jesus was, was also was concerned, also concerned about the disciples leaving him, right? And this heart saying that you heard me read earlier, which is, uh, which is this verse. This verse here in, in verse 56 in John John chapter 6, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. And as you read that passage, you find that some people who were following him for a while began to, to leave him because this was a difficult concept for them to understand. So the connection with John with chapter 6 is that, is, is that Jesus was concerned also about the disciples leaving him. And so after some had departed, Jesus asked, he looked at the 12, and he said, now, do you also want to leave me? Or it's, it puts it this way, you do not want to leave me too, do you? A question was put to them, right? A second aspect is this, that he touches on the context of fruitlessness is another important concept. So the first concept that, that I, I've shared with you is this, that you are clean through the word. So remember that in 2022, as you're looking, what's, what's going to keep me uh, purified, what's going to keep me pure in his sight is that we are clean, we are cleansed by his word. The second aspect is this, fruitfulness is another important concept for Christ followers or for, for disciples, right? Disciples of Christ. But here again, there is a connection with remaining. And it says this, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me, Right? I mean, you try cutting off a branch from a fruiting tree and you find after a while the fruit that's on that branch that's been cut, it would wither away, wither away, wither away, right? Because it's not receiving, it, it, is, not, it is not receiving any of the, um, uh, of, 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 of what you call that, the, 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 the product that comes from the tree in itself. It, it's not receiving the food from the tree in itself, right? So 
You cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. In fact, their very identity as disciples is wrapped up in this whole idea of remaining. That is, if there is no remaining, there is no fruit. If there is no fruit, there is no discipleship, right? So say it with me. There is no remain, if there is no remaining, there is no fruit. And if there is no fruit, there is no discipleship. Let's say that one more time. If there is no remaining, there is no fruit. If there is no fruit, there is no discipleship. In verse 8, you can check that out. And the third point is this, that remaining is also connected with obedience. Right? Keeping Christ's commands results in remaining in His love. I keep His commands because I, I love Him. I don't keep His commands just because, because I'm so afraid of Him or whatever. No, I keep His commands because I really love Him. Because I love Him, I want to do what pleases Him. Amen? So some will quickly complain that this sounds too much like a conditional love. <laughs> but certainly Paul corrects that when he proclaimed that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord in Romans chapter 8, verse 39. However, while His love for us can never be diminished, whether or not we receive the benefits of that love depends on our remaining in Him, friends. Remaining in His love, which in turn depends on our keeping His commands. So we understand this, that in, 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 the, in the human realm, we understand it this way, I suppose, that we know that our earthly fathers, they love us as much as when we were five, when we were 15, or even when we were 50, right? But yet, when we leave home, we remove ourselves from the full benefits of our father's love, right? Because we're not there. But of course, the difference with our heavenly father, though, is that we need never move out of his house. We're always there. We're consistently there. And as long as we remain, we will continue to receive all of the benefits of His love, His provision, and His eternal protection. So we need that today. In a future again that is so unpredictable, we need to know that, Lord, the benefits of me remaining in you is that I will continue to experience your love. I will ex continue to experience your provision, your eternal protection, your healing, that I know I will be kept in, in, in good stead, Lord, that you will heal me, you will continue to heal me. And if it is time for me to go, Lord, I know that it is because I've remained in your love that I know I will be in eternal security as well. Hallelujah. And my fourth point is this, that in addition, we may inf infer here that the remaining in Christ also results in joy, which is in verse 11, right? In friendship, which is in verse 15, in Revelation, which is in verse 15 as well, and the likelihood of being hated. So let me, I, I, I want to read that in uh, John chapter 15. It says this. Um, let me grab John chapter 15. It says in verse 7, but if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. You may ask anything and you, anything you want, and it will be granted. 
When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. And it says this, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Right? As it says in verse, in verse 11, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. And in verse 11, it says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So what brings joy, friends, as you and I continue in our walk with the Lord? As we continue in our journey, it is when we actually find ourselves remaining in Him, not um, having fleeting moments of relationship where you just, you know, we are like ships in the nights. But as we come, we remain. And you know, the context of remaining actually depends on each and every one of us. I can't, I can't tell you how long you need to remain. It is something where you will need to know that as you remain, there is something deep within you that becomes the measure. That deep within you, there is a measure. It's your spirit. Because as your spirit interlocks with his spirit, there is some aspect of a divine you know, in that divine connection that, that the Lord begins to assure you that it's like, you know, I mean, for an example, if, if I can give you this example, you know, you're, you're driving and you suddenly find that your, your tank is almost empty and you go by the uh, a petrol station and you kind of fill it up and, and, and you look, you, 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 you sort of, you, you, you know how many liters might potentially fill the tank, but you're still not fully sure until you hear that click, right, where you know it is, f where, where it is full. But if the car was not at a standstill where it is moving, can you imagine how difficult it would be for you to actually fill your car with petrol? So the same thing it is with our lives. If we, are on the con if we are consistently just moving, going here, going there, doing this, doing that, doing everything supposedly for the Lord or for yourself. And when you don't stop to be actually really refilled, refilled with joy, because it says here that I tell you this so that, right, so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. In verse 12, it says this, this is my commandment, love each other. The same way as I have loved you, but there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And when we're talking about friendship, he says here in verse 15, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. I mean, here, look at the word that John is using. He says that he wants to confide in you. The creator of this universe... Is saying that if you remain in me, hey, I'm going to confide in you. I'm going to whisper into your ears the secrets of the kingdom of God. The secrets that my father shares with me. I now want to deliver that to you. I want to share that with you. So why don't you come into the secret place? Why don't you come into this place and remain there? Abide there. And begin to hear the things that I so much want to confide in you. How... How amazing is that though? Right? But now, we come to the part where Jesus now says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear much, to bear fruit. Fruit that will last in verse 16. Right? 
some may look at this from the context of, oh, this is about, you know, election, so do I really have a choice? And at first it sounds like we have nothing at all to do with our own salvation. It's a matter already decided on, isn't it? However, we believe that at this point, Jesus is actually speaking to his disciples concerning the commission he is giving. Much like his later statement, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. If we were to view this as being chosen for salvation, then we would have to throw out what Paul actually teaches when he says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved in Romans chapter 19, verse 13. So whenever we interpret the parables of Jesus, we must be careful not to press the analogy is too far, right? In the case of the vine, we may be like the branches in that fruitlessness will lead to death. But we are very different from branches in that we are saved in part because we chose to respond to the gospel. And we have subsequent choices to remain in Christ. Branches have no such choices. Their destiny is totally determined by factors and forces outside their control. So the bottom line here is this. John chapter 15 has an extremely strong exhortation from Jesus himself for his followers, for you and I, to stay with him, to remain in him, to continue walking with him. Now, you know, when we listen to a lot of sermons, to a lot of messages, most of us, you know, we, 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 we sort of remember particular, maybe particular illustrations that, that are used. And I, I, I don't want to leave you with one of these illustrations here, right? That there's a story about a wealthy man who was interviewing drivers for his limousine. Now each three applicants was asked the same question. If you were driving my car over the mountain road with a rock cliff on the left and a sheer drop off on the right, and a sheer drop off on the right, how close could you come to the edge without being in danger of falling off? So, you know, the first driver, he boasted of his skills, saying that he could easily stay within 18 inches of the edge without being in any danger at all. Now, the second was a bit more modest and estimated that one meter would be a good distance. But the man who was hired was the one who said, Sir, I would keep as far away from the edge as I possibly could. <laughs> I would keep as far away from the edge as I possibly could. So this is the challenge for us today. Rather than trying to find out just how close to the world and maybe sin that we can get without putting ourselves in danger, let's draw closer to Christ, who really is the rock of our salvation. Let's make sure that we are clinging to the vine 
abiding in the vine, remaining in the vine, and living in the vine. So this year, we'll unpack this truth a whole lot more. We'll share it, and we will, we, we will, uh, we will pepper that throughout the year, this year with our theme on abiding. Right? I want to close with this final passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy verse... Uh, sorry, 2, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be loving and unforgiving. Sorry, they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And that's, that's an important aspect that I want to leave us with, that they will reject the power that makes them ungodly. Right? They will act religious. So in other words, they will believe, believe in a form of religion, but deny its power. And the antidote, if I can use a play on words, the vaccine for this is when we remain in him. The certainty to ensure that we are not going to be moving away from God or that we're not going to dry up and shrivel up is when we abide in Him, when we remain in Him. So friends, what is it going to take for you in 2022 to remain consistently in Him? You know, we want to see the miraculous happen. We want to see revival beginning to take place. And some of us, you know, I'm sure some of you out there, you're experiencing some phenomenal things, you know. And as we come together... The joy of coming together is where we begin to bring these stories and we begin to share this. And as we not just remain in, in Christ, as we remain with one another, right? As we come back and as we begin to commune with one another, imagine the strength that we can derive from each one, that we feed off each other. So this passage is not, is not just about us remaining in Christ, but when we remain in Him, right? we then are also saying that we want to remain with one another. We want to abide with one another. We want to journey with one another. So in 2022, let's begin to refocus, rethink, how can we begin to start journeying with one another? How can I come alongside someone? How can I remain with someone? How can I begin to restore this relationship? Right? How can I forgive this person? Let's start off the year by thinking through all of that, right? Because we don't want uh, our branches to be severed. We don't want our relationships with one another to be severed, 
right? It's been in an extremely divisive year, 2021. You know, and we've all tried to really, we've all, and I want to, uh, we've all really tried to uh, journey as well as we can. And I, I, I so want to uh, encourage so many of you. I so want to, you know, thank so many of you who've, who really consistently have been trying and trying and trying to do all the right things, you know, and we really, we really uh, implore you for that. And, but this year, as we come into this year, there is a special grace that God is releasing and he continues to release upon us, right? We, we, we want to come under the shadow of his almighty and we want to remain in that space but we want to bring others. We don't, want, we, we don't want you to be suffering by yourself. We don't want you to feel like you're journeying just on your own. You know, in loneliness, we, we want to try and, and bring you along. So one of the ways we can do that is also this, where you begin to open up and share. Where you then begin to call out and say, hey, I need some help. Can you please pray with me? Can you journey with me for a season? Sometimes, folks... You know, when you begin to journey with individuals, it's not that, you know, that's it. Oh, you got, you're going to journey with that individual or you're committed to, to mentoring or coaching or encouraging or discipling someone, you know, for several years. It could be just maybe for three months. It could be six months. It could be maybe a year. It could be maybe even just a few weeks because something may, 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 be, may be needed at that point in time. So, the only, again, the only way we can begin to respond effectively to all of this is when we first come, right, and ask God what it is. You know, I was just meeting with a pastor earlier today, and we were just talking about, okay, so what's next for him? And he asked me the question, how, how you know, what's next for, the church, for, for his church, you know? So, he, he senses that there's something there, and he says, so, how do I realize what's next for the church? And so, as I... As I, as I began to look at him, I just felt the Lord just say this, that it needs to begin with what's next for you first. What is God saying to you personally? What is next for you? And as he begins to unravel that in your life, you will find that he will unravel that within, within the church as well. So friends, as we come into this, this space of remaining in him, so to remain in him means we, we need to ask all of the questions, Lord, what is stopping me from remaining in you? What is this one thing that I need to change this year in order to ensure that I begin to, uh, that I begin to remain? And then when you come into that space and when you establish that one thing, the next question will be then, Lord, what is it that I now will need to do to ensure that this is going to be a consistent thing? And God will begin to unveil. He will then begin to confide in you. He will then begin to share things with you and I. And, and folks, even if you are a new believer that has just come to know the Lord, don't shortchange yourself today. Amen. As the team comes up and leads us in this final song, I just want us to just close our eyes right now and say, Lord, 2022. 2022 is going to be the year. It's going to be my year. It's going to be a year, Lord, where my abiding in you is going to bear much fruit. That I'm going to see such fruitfulness happen in my life.
I declare that over me. I declare that over my family. I declare that over my spouse. I declare that over the place that I work in. I declare that within my neighborhood. Lord, I receive with great excitement the commission that you're granting and now releasing even into my hands. Just lift your hands up like this and just say, Lord, I receive this. Just very quietly, just begin to receive this. Make the very first Sunday, give the very first Sunday to the Lord and say, God, I will do the very thing that you begin to reveal and unveil to me right now. So I'm going to remain here for a moment for you to speak to me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. And we look forward to seeing you in person next week. Thank you.